five candidates are running against incumbent Kathy Murillo to be the next mayor of Santa Barbara. Election day is November 2nd. Murillo's challengers include Randy Rouse, Deborah Schwartz, Mark Whitehurst, James Joyce, and Matt Kilrain. The winning candidate will serve a five-year term. KCSB news reporters speak with each of the six candidates, and you'll be hearing from them on the KCSB 5 o'clock news. You can tune into all of the mayoral candidate interview replays on KCSBFM SoundCloud, Spotify, and at KCSB.org. KCSB's Jennifer Yoshikoshi speaks with candidate Randy Rouse, former Santa Barbara City Councilman and business owner. So can you begin with a brief 30-second overview of who you are and why you feel qualified to be the next mayor? Okay, Jennifer, thanks. Yes, uh, my name is Randy Rouse, and I was downtown in business for almost 38 years at a place called the Paradise Cafe directly across the street from City Hall. The last nine years I was in business, I was also a seated city council member. So I have both uh, private sector experience as well as some public sector understanding. So my qualifications would be that perspective of having both being in both worlds. And what do you see as the biggest challenge facing the city of Santa Barbara? And what is the first thing you would do to try to resolve it? The biggest challenge has been the insertion of partisanship into local decision making, where as opposed to being focused on the city and local issues, we're focused on other party politics or other kinds of ideologies uh, outside labor unions that are in the city. We need to bring it back to the, the city itself and, and focus on things that are concerns in the city because we have a lot to do. We just need to refocus and be uh, with our voters here in the city. And how would you go about tackling houselessness in Santa Barbara? So uh, housing has been a problem since I was at UCSB back in my day, which is a long time ago. And uh, we have two problems. We have number one, a constraint on the amount of available space. And number two is when we finally do build housing, the affordability quotient comes in and that's not easy to do without either a subsidy or a covenant. So for that, for the, for the covenant subsidy part, we have a housing authority, which I believe needs to be supported. And then we also have the ability to bring other things out of the ground that are, there's over a thousand units pending right now that uh, are stuck in the process somewhere. And I'm not sure why none of the incumbents are actually pursuing those to find out why those things are stuck in production and not coming out of the ground and being open to the public. And how would you address the housing crisis in Santa Barbara? Well, first of all, the, what I would do is, uh, is re-examine our permit process because that is where a lot of stuff gets stuck is in permitting. And number two is to kind of repeat what I just talked about, um, there are so many projects that are in the ground. There's one at Sears. There's one coming up on the Creole commuter lot. There's one on Haley Street, one on Milpa Street. These are all multi-unit uh, projects that would uh, provide a lot of inventory. And nobody seems to be talking about those. They're talking about rezoning other areas and doing different things. And, uh, but lastly, I would, I would do whatever it takes to help support our, our housing authority and regain the funding that we lost when the RDA was dissolved a few years back. And our next question is, how would you address the closure of small businesses, including on State Street? And what would you do to ensure that existing businesses flourish and encourage new businesses to open? Right. So since the Thomas fire, State Street has needed a very serious deep cleaning. That ash got in the cracks of the bricks. And since then, it's become so the, the, you literally stick to the sidewalk. So a very deep clean for starts. 
Second would be an aggressive lighting program. With the new LED lighting uh, technology, we can do low power usage and solar powered lighting on State Street and make it a very warm, very festive place to be to, uh, 12 months out of the year. That in and of itself would help us, number one, with our security issues, and number two is being an attractive place that landlords can show to their prospective tenants. And then for the existing businesses, it would also invite people to be down there, be, make it a warm and welcoming place all the time. And I think uh, there's very few people I've talked to that don't think that's a great place to start and it can be done immediately. And what are your thoughts on the efficiency of city government and what changes are needed in its structure? For instance, what can be done to make local government efficient and democratic? Okay, so local government, the first thing it needs is it needs the leadership to give the people confidence that there's a worthwhile body sitting up there on the dais. And when the leadership is either, either truncated or it's absent or it's bifurcated, uh, people lose confidence. And so that's why we have low voter turnouts oftentimes because they go, what, what does it matter? When your local government, in fact, has more to do with your quality of life than almost any other level of government out there. And then as far as making the efficiencies happen, communication down through the line, particularly in the community development department where the permits get hung up, that needs a process of open communication and the intake process. So when projects go in, there's some certainty for those people that are going to develop projects. That in and of itself would help make government more accessible and as you put it, more democratic. Um, but it really is important that people understand their votes really do count, especially this time around. This is a big one. So we've got to make sure that people get out and get motivated and vote. And what did this past year of the COVID-19 pandemic teach us about the needs and desires of the Santa Barbara community? Well, first of all, the community was disappointed. They felt like they weren't getting communicated to from the local government. I I think that would be more of a matter than rather than being inside the ivory walls of City Hall would be actually getting out and talking to folks, going to community meetings that were being held either by Zoom or in person, going door to door to the businesses and finding out what their needs were. And I think people felt a lack of that. Uh, but it did teach us about the resiliency and the inventiveness of certain people uh, to make their businesses go no matter what. And as a small business and my business person myself, uh, boy, I, I was really impressed with what people, the links people went to, to stay in business, to try to keep their people employed and do whatever it took to, to, to remain in business. Uh, businesses are still struggling and sometimes it looks like everybody's really busy, but I know that they've dug big holes from the, from the last year. So they're still struggling to get back up to the surface of the water. What do you feel you will bring to the mayor position that makes you stand out above the other candidates? Well, first of all, and I'm going to go back to the leadership question, because that's where people have felt that it's we haven't been uh, been led. We have seven individuals on council that go in seven different directions. It is the first fully district elected council. So people don't really completely understand their jobs and the responsibilities of everybody at, at large. So. That would be the first thing I would bring there would be the sense of, of leadership and the sense of inclusionary um, discussion. So the, man, the, the, man, the mayor is supposed to allow people to go out and, and be bold and to make their assertive points. And then at the end, hurt the cats back towards the end to develop some sense of teamwork and consensus. And I think I could do a far superior job of that than the situation that's happening at the moment.
And are there any other issues or policy proposals you would like to address or anything else you'd like to say to our listeners? Yeah, what I'd like to say is this. I'd like to say that all over the country, we've had levels of rancor and, and dysfunction in government. Everything's become very binary. You're either a red coat or a blue coat. And I think most people I talk to as I walk around in Canvas are tired of that. They're tired of being referred to as, as being pigeonholed into one thing or the other. People aren't concerned whether or not the Republicans or the Democrats lose. They're concerned about what are, they what are people doing for us? And the winner and losers are, are not up there uh, in the seats in Sacramento or in D.C., they're us. So this is our chance to speak out locally. This is our chance to take control of what matters in our day-to-day -day lives locally. And I really hope people come out and express that by voting. And uh, to me, that's the, the voice that speaks the loudest. And these are relatively small elections, but they're really important because they really matter what's, uh, what's going to happen in the next five years in this next term is a five-year term. Thank you to candidate Randy Rouse for joining us on KCSB News. You can catch all six candidate interviews on KCSB SoundCloud and Spotify, as well as kcsb.org. More information about voting in the mayoral election can be found at countyofsb.org. With KCSB News, I'm Ashley Rush.